Amen. Let's praise God for our worship team who led us so well this morning. Well, this is fun. This is Christmas morning. Uh, if you're anything like me, not only were you up at maybe Christmas Eve services, but you were up putting toys together and wrapping gifts and all that good stuff. Anybody uh, was wrapping stuff last night, putting stuff together so the kids could be surprised this morning? Uh, and, and we have all the kids. Everyone that's under 10 years old, make some noise. There you go. So you can tell the parents have been telling them, don't make any noise. So when they got that order, they were like, whoa, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't, can I say something? No, I don't know what to do. Um, so so who, who, anybody got a surprise? Anybody got something they didn't expect this morning? Was anybody surprised? I want to have a little Oprah moment. Let's, let me come down here. Let's bring the lights up. Can I, let me get a mic. Here we go. I got one right here. I got, I got this right here. Who, who got a big surprise? She got a surprise. Yeah, you got a surprise. Come on. Uh, first, stand up. Tell me your name. Oh, no. Just a moment. Just like this is the last time I come to church on Christmas Day. <laughs> What's your name? Although I know it, but Carrie. Carrie. Now, what did you get? That was a surprise. A TV. You got a TV? It was for my family. It was for the whole family. What kind of TV? Vizio. Forty-six. Forty-six inches. That's a lot of TV. <laughs> now, is it in the den? Living room. In the living room. Was your dad kind of happy? He's like, no, because I'm, I'm going to have to watch Justin Bieber now all day. All right, give it up. Thank you, thank you. Who, who else got a surprise? Anybody got a surprise? All right, over here in the corner, we got a surprise. All right, stand up. You can stand up on the pew so everybody can see you. I'm just breaking. You can break all the rules. Stand up there. Get up there, girl. Dance around. You don't want to stand up there? All right. <laughs> What's your name? Ashley. Ashley, now what did you get? That was a big surprise. Annual passage to Disneyland annual passes to Disneyland? So what does that mean? Does that mean you get a chance to go once a year? A couple. You can go more than once? Like, what, can you take a guest? Like a tall black guy with you? <laughs> Check the passes. See if that's in the, in the fine print. See if that's in the fine print. All right, let me get somebody on, on this side over here. Who, who got a surprise this morning? Anyone? Somebody got a surprise? You're too far. I can't run that fast. Anybody else closer? Right there. All right. All right, y'all, stand up on the, on the bench so everybody can see you. Stand up there. They were like, I'm all about it. I've been waiting to do this for 10 years. All right. What's your name? Daniel. Daniel, what did you get that was a surprise this morning? Well, I got this gigantic Santa chocolate bar. Because <laughs> well, at, first, at first I was scared. I was like, you just got a big Santa? Who wants that? But he was in chocolate. Okay. Now, now what are you going to do with that Santa? I'm going to put it in the freezer so it'll be cold, because I like cold chocolate, and I'll eat it. Nice, 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 nice. I like cold chocolate, too. All right, come on, stand up. What's your name? John. John, what did you get? A Wii game. You got a Wii game? Sweet, what game did you get? Wii Party. Wii Party? Hey, Wii Party at my house, too, buddy. Good job. All right, all right. All right, now no, what about you, Chuck? What did you, did you get a surprise this morning? My beautiful wife is with me at church. That's my surprise right there. <laughs> so you ain't getting nothing, huh? <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. She is beautiful, though. She is beautiful. Talk about my beautiful wife. Yeah, right. She is beautiful, though. She is beautiful. You just didn't get nothing. All right, so 
<laughs> so this, this anticipation, this surprise, you're like, what does this have to do with the Bible? I'm going to show you in a few minutes. Um, Paul uses the word mystery um, when he talks about uh, his role. He comes and he says, I'm, I'm presenting to you, I'm teaching you, I'm unveiling this mystery, this thing that was hidden from many generations. And the mystery is Christ in you, this hope of glory. He uses the word mystery intentionally because the Gnostics, the, the, uh, the, the di- different, different sects of people, they would use these, uh, the, the word mystery as something like a Sherlock Holmes, something that was cloudy, something that was, uh, wasn't clear. He's not talking about that at all because what he's going to reveal is very clear. It's solid truth and, it, and it's not cloudy at all. He uses it like, 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 like Zoe and Bethany's dollhouse. Um, uh, uh, last night we bought it. We went to, to Toys R Us, what, three or four days ago. Uh, like 11 o'clock at midnight. You know they stayed open like till midnight? Those poor people that work at Toys R Us. I felt sorry for them. But I was in there at like 1130. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't feel that bad. Huh? So, so we went and we bought this dollhouse. But we've been hiding it all week. So it's been in the back of the truck all week and kind of covered up because we don't trust our kids not to go in closets at our house. So we had it all covered up and we were hiding it. But we weren't hiding it from them. We were hiding it for them. You, you, you see the difference? Because we knew that at the appropriate time, it would be revealed and it would blow their mind. God was hiding this mystery, not from us, but for us. And Paul has says, the fullness of time has come and now the promise has been revealed. And that promise is Christ in us, the hope of glory. So as we give gifts, we, we recognize that the greatest gift that could have ever been given, the greatest gift that was hidden away for centuries, from generations, they didn't fully understand, they didn't fully get it, but when the fullness of time come, this great gift has now been given, has been presented. And Paul to the church at, in, in, in the book of Colossians, he's telling them what this gift is and presenting them with this great opportunity to experience this gift, Christ in us, the hope of Glory. Well, one of the first things that I would ask when, when, when presented with this gift is, like as a kid, all right, now who's this gift for? Uh, who is this gift for? The word you here in the Greek, it, it's not just Christ in you or Christ in you. It's, it's Christ in you. You, you, you see the difference? So, so, so it's not just Christ and Jeremy and, oh, that's cute. Christ gets to wear a green shirt now. Yay. You know, and, and we're going to send Christ to Jeremy's house. No, it, it's Christ and all of us. So who's this gift for? I love it. Um, Rudolph helps me with this. Y'all know the song, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Y'all, y'all know? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it. You would even say it glows. There you go, like a light bulb, right? Well, the only reason why that song is significant is because of Rudolph. You know Rudolph's story, right? He, he was the kid that nobody wanted to play with. He, he was the one that no one wanted to hang out with because he was different. He was, he was unique. And everybody made fun of him because he had this nose that was like a light bulb, like a big deal, you know? I got a nose, it's pretty big, it doesn't glow, but you know, you know, so what? But people made fun of him. He's like the kid at school that sometimes might get bullied, get left out. But Santa saw him, 
And he said, that kid's special. As a matter of fact, I can use that kid. And he took Rudolph and put him in the front of his sleigh, and he led his sleigh. God finds people like you and I who are unlikely characters, unlikely candidates. When you look at our life and when you think about an almighty God, a, a God who's holy, a God who's righteous, a God who's, who, who, who's noble, a God who's honest, a God who's pure, a God who's all love. And I look at my life and I see areas in my life that aren't holy. I see times when I'm not honest. I see things in my life that aren't righteous. I see me struggling, making hard decisions, struggling, and sometimes failing. So I look at myself and I see flawed. I see, I see, I see blemishes. I see stains. And I look at this perfect God and I think he obviously would never want to have anything to do with someone like me. God forbid me. This God wouldn't want to use me. Oh, he passed me by for all the perfect people. He passed me by for all the people that got it all together. He passed me by for the families that, that doesn't have divorce in it. He passed me by for the families who, 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 who were able to pay all their bills this year. He passed me by for the dad who actually has a job. He passed me by for mom who has it all together. He passed me by for someone who was much better than I am. That's what I would think about God. But Paul says, no. He's looking for people just like you. He says, this gift has your name on it. This gift is for people like you, you say, Albert, you don't know. In 20, 2011, I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of failures. There's no way that God is interested in me. As a matter of fact, this is my first time being in church all year long, and I just happened to get stuck because it was on Christmas Day, and Mom was like, if you're going to eat, you got to go to church. So here I am at church. And I'm telling you, God has something that will satisfy your soul, and you don't have to leave this place hungry because this gift Christ, it's for people like you. It's for unlikely, unqualified people who are willing to receive this gift. I guess the question is, got any unqualified people in the room? Got any failures in the room? Got any people that are stained, that have blemishes? Got some folk that didn't get it right? Got some people that when you look around the family table, the family isn't like I thought I wanted it to be. I thought we'd all be together, but this year we've got to go to mom's house and dad because of the divorce. And this is obviously not what I wanted, and we're just not good enough. We're just not the same, and this just isn't a good day. I'm telling you, God is looking for people like you. He specializes on loving folk that are in broken families, have broken lives, broken situations. Albert, you just don't understand. I hadn't worked in two years. So this Christmas, it wasn't about giving a whole bunch of new stuff and, and putting together stuff. Last night, we didn't have anything to put together because we didn't have any money. I'm telling you, God specializes in loving and reaching people like you. So don't sit here and disqualify yourself and think, ah, this message isn't for me. I'm telling you, it's for you. You, you, and you dare not say that this Christmas there isn't a gift for you because there was a gift for you not under the tree this year but hung on a tree 2,000 years ago and I'm telling you the gift of God has your name on it 
When we think about this mystery that's revealed, the first question we ask, who is this gift for? And I'm telling you, this gift is for you. The second question we ask is, what is this gift? What, what does it do? What, 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 are, what are the implications of this gift? It says, it's, it's Christ in you. He, he dwells within you. That's the gift. And once we receive that gift, you experience this phrase, what I love. It says, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. And I've been wrestling with that phrase all week because it sounds, the word hope is so loaded. It's, it's futuristic, but it's also present. Uh, it's, it's going to happen and it already happened. It's, 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 it's this dual dynamic that takes place. And to help me to understand it, I looked at uh, John 3.16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave this gift, his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him, whosoever would receive this gift, would not perish, but have everlasting life. Not perish, not perish. The idea here with this idea of not perishing, um, uh, the best way to explain it is it's not this idea of, of just dying and, and, and going, to, going to hell thereafter. No, 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 no. It, it's, it's much bigger than that. The idea of perishing, uh, it's, it's like this, it's, it's, it's like a slow fade. It's like a, it's like a slow drifting away from God. It, it, it's almost as if uh, how in a movie at the end, how the light just gets darker and darker and darker until all of the lights are all the way down and it's a slow drift all the way down into darkness. The thing about the slow fade, the thing about this idea of perishing is it happens and you don't even realize it. And before you know it, you're sitting in darkness and you can't remember when it happened. It's a a slow drifting away from God. And the most dangerous thing about perishing, the most dangerous thing about sitting in this darkness is you get used to it. You get comfortable. Your eyes adjust. Spiritually, your life adjusts, and you get used to living less than God intended. And this darkness becomes normal in your life. Friends, that's perishing. The slow fading away from the marvelous light into the darkness, which culminates in death and destruction. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, perish, live in darkness, but have everlasting life. Turn the lights all the way up, real real bright. Turn them all the way up. It's almost a little irritating, huh? Your eyes. That's what the word of God does. It comes into your darkness and it, and, it, and it irritates you. When, when the word of God comes in and it floods the story and the place of your darkness, it, sh- it should irritate you a little bit. There should be some Sundays where you should leave church not happy but irritated. You, you should leave frustrated because the gospel is coming into places of darkness in your life and it's messing with you. If every Sunday you leave happy, there's something wrong with you. I'm just going to tell you. You'll be like, how was the sermon today? It was great. No, something wrong. Something wrong with you. That ain't quite right. There should be some Sundays where you say, ah, oh, it was hard. It was rough. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You can leave the lights up. Uh, that whosoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life, life, life. And this life is the light of God. This, it's, it's this idea, of, as opposed to fading away, it's this idea of being drawn to this life and this light 
of God and that drawing is eternal and it culminates in the second coming of Christ. Do you see that? That's the hope of glory. That's the hope of glory. It's, it's, it's the ultimate culmination of when I see Christ and living eternally with him, but recognizing that that eternity doesn't start at my funeral. That eternity starts today when I receive and accept the gift in my life. We live in the hope of glory. We wait on the hope of glory and we rest in the hope of glory. That's what this gift does. It changes your life, brings you from darkness into the marvelous light, and it culminates in all eternity. Who is this gift for? It's for you. What does this gift what, what does it do? It, it brings you from the darkness into the marvelous light, and we hope, and it's a living hope. It's a, it's a hope that's, that's futuristic and right now. It's, a, it's, 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 it's going to happen, and it already happened all at the same time. And finally, uh, uh, who is this gift for? It's for you. What does this gift do? It brings us into the marvelous light. And finally, uh, what was the last one? You don't know, do you? Because I hadn't preached this before, have I? Okay. Um, <laughs> Where does it, what is this? Oh, yeah, 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 that's what it is. What, what is it, where, uh, what is it, how do I say it? Uh, what does it do? I'm getting old, Dr. Waybright. What is this? What's going on with it? Right, you just move on and don't let people know you, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, finally, verse 28, Paul says this. He says, so we proclaim him, admonishing him, and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. How do we use this gift? Ah, the word of God. It'll bring it back to you every time. How do, we, how do we use this gift? He says, we take this gift and we preach, we proclaim, uh, and we share. And when we share this gift, everyone is made mature. Uh, we all grow. I, I think about it in my house. I don't know if you had this problem at your house, but sharing at our house is a big deal. Uh, that, that there are many times when there's a crisis moment uh, in our house and one of our daughters will run in the room with tears streaming down their face and they'll say, we'll say, what's wrong, what's wrong? And the, and the, and the problem is that one of the children, they aren't sharing uh, and, and there's a problem. But when they share, it's, it's, it's this beautiful, sweet sound of silence. Um, and, and, and no crying and no crisis because sharing is taking place. Paul is saying when we share the gospel and make sure that each one is mature, mature, mature. The idea is simply is, is growing. You're, you're getting better. And when we share the gospel, we make one another better. Uh, it, it's kind of like this. Uh, let me pass me the best. I don't need this. Yeah. I know the sound guy's like, he's got two mics. He doesn't even know it. He's in there with two mics with all the time. Michael Jordan, uh, who's the Chicago Bulls, you know a little bit about Michael Jordan. Well, you would know in Michael's early days, Michael would have the reputation of being a ball hog. Uh, Michael, uh, who broke all the records, dunk contests he would win, uh, shooting contests, broke all kind of scoring records, but the word on the street, critics of Michael Jordan would say, Michael could score, he could break the records, but he couldn't win the games, and he couldn't win the championships. I'll never forget until one day, in one game, Michael Jordan did something unbelievable. It was, it, was, it was beyond real. His critics went through the roof. It was amazing. Michael Jordan literally passed the ball. 
And once he began to pass the ball, we began to discover other superstars like Scottie Pippen, uh, Bill Cartwright, uh, uh, who? John Paxton, Horace Grant, Steve Hurd. They went on and they won three championships. He retired two years, came back, and then we discovered guys like Dennis Rodman. Thanks, Michael. Um, <laughs> and all other, kind, all, all other folks because they took the time and he passed the ball and he realized that when we actually share the ball, everyone is better. Everyone is made more mature. Y'all, y'all not getting it. Let me help you. I need a little help. Dr. Waybright, come, come help me here. Uh, let me get you right there. Uh, Chuck, let me, let me get a little help right here. Let me get you right over here. All right, and now we're looking a little white. Let me see if I can get some color over here. Uh, Rafiq, come here. Help me over here. Let me, get, let me get right here. Let me get right there. All right, and uh, c- come here. Let me get you. You get right down there in the center. All right, all right, there we go. All right, all right. So, so, so here, here's the deal. The key is you've got you to pass the ball. So, Dr. Weber, I'll pass to you. Then you pass to Rafiq, and then Rafiq. Oh, come on. He's got it. He's got it. Come on. Oh, what do they think you are? You know what I'm saying? Come on. How insulting was that? You know what I mean? Hold on. Let me, just in case, let me move this up. <laughs> but you got it. You got it. You got it. All right. You, uh, Rafiq, you pass it to, uh, to, to Dr. Olsen here, and then you pass it to my man in the middle, and then you take it slam dunk it in the, uh, in the, in the balcony. You got it? All right. All right, let's try it. All right? He's going to pass the ball. There we go. All right. All right. All right? Take a duck. All right, all right, all right. Okay, come back, come back, come back. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Okay, all right, okay. Good job. Let me see. All right. So check it out. So here's the deal. In order for us to pass the ball, when we pass it, everyone has to pay attention, Right? And everyone has to be on their P's and Q's. Like if I give to Dr. Wave right, he's got to be paying attention. He's got to be watching. He's got to know what's happening. And everybody's alert. Everybody's attentive. And everybody's making sure that they know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Go back a little bit. All right? All right? See? We pass it. We got to uh, pay attention. That's all right. That's all good. There we go. There you go. All right? Oh! And that's how we win championships, ladies and gentlemen. That's how we win championships. Here's the biblical principle. Paul says, this is the gospel. And if you spend your life pursuing the gospel in your own personal jump shot, then you never win the championship. You never see the clear biblical picture of what God talks about when he talks about this family and this community of God. Except for this gospel, we pass it. And when we pass it, good job. I know he's ready. I know he's ready. Good job. Good job. He's ready. So when we pass it, we make everyone better because it forces us to live life, not in isolation, but as a community. All of them. They're all watching me, waiting on me to throw the ball because they know Albert's crazy and he may throw it at any time. So we got to pay attention and we got to walk together. Ladies and gentlemen, the body of Christ, we got to pay attention. We got to walk together. And when we share life, when we share the gospel, we make one another better. And we make sure that we're all mature so that we can stand before God. Because let me tell you something. I've seen an NBA championship, but it has nothing on the hope of glory 
that we have in the fullness of time when Christ returns and we experience the fullness of that. And I want to be able to stand that day with the team of the body of Christ as we experience the glory of God, the hope of glory, Christ in us. The mystery is revealed. Amen? Amen. All right. You guys have a seat. Thank you. That's it. That's all I got. (laughs) Let's pray. So, Father, on this Christmas Day, um, we thank you. God, and I just, just want to take a few moments this morning. As you sit with your eyes closed, what do you think about this gift and how it's for you? And in spite of the things that you may have in your life this morning, there's nothing that disqualifies you from this gift. Some of you, when you walked in this room, there are things that you thought, uh, I'm disqualified this year, or I feel less than. Can I just tell you the gift is for you? I, I, I I I want to do something. I want to do something special this morning. You came in this building and said, Albert, when you talk about the hope of glory, you talk about the idea of perishing, that's me, that's my life. That's what I feel like this morning. I feel like I'm on this slow fade away from God. I feel like I've been living in darkness. And Albert, it happened so quickly I didn't even realize how far I'd gone. Just for a few moments this morning, if that's you and you're in this place today, I want you to leave here experiencing the greatest gift that could ever be given. I want you to know in this place that you don't have to leave here perishing, fading away from God, fading away into the darkness, but you can leave this place walking in the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. If you're in this room and you say, Albert, when you talk about the idea of perishing and that fade away, I feel like that's mean, but I don't want that to be me. I feel like that's how I'm living, but I don't want to live like that anymore. Today I want to make a change. Today I want to make a shift. Today I want to stop the perishing and experience the hope of glory, this eternal life. If that's you and you're in this room, I'm asking you to do something. Take a little courage, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. That's you and you say, Albert, I'm perishing, but I don't want to be anymore. I'd love to pray for you. Would you just stand up right where you are? Just stand. That's all I want you to do. Just stand up. If that's you, just stand. If that's you, I'm perishing. Thank you. I see you. I see you. I'm perishing, Albert, and I don't want to be. Drifting away and I'm living in darkness and I don't want to be. Would you just stand? Just stand. That's all I'm asking you to do. Just stand. In a few moments, I'm going to pray for you. Just stand. I'm telling you, if you're sitting there and you're debating with God, you're fighting with God, listen, don't fight with God. He's too big for you. He's too much for you. You can't handle him. If you sit here, if you sit and contemplate and you think, well, I'm not that bad and I've got some things I want to work on and in the new year I'm going to make some new commitments. And I, Listen, let me tell you something. If you could fix yourself, you would have been fixed a long time ago. This is a job too big for you. This is a job for your God. And I'm telling you, the mystery has been revealed. The secret is out. The surprise is exposed. It's Christ, and he wants to dwell within you, and he is the hope of glory. Throughout all eternity, 
But the beauty is that eternity begins right now, today. You don't have to go home the same way you came. You can experience this new life. Just stand. Just stand. Just stand. Won't take too much longer. 15 more seconds. Just stand. I see you standing in the balcony. I see you standing in the back. I see you. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters that are standing all over this room. I can't imagine a better day to be renewed, to be restored than Christmas Day. God, I pray that your gift, they would know that there's no sin that disqualifies them. This love of Jesus Christ, they can't earn it, and they can't disqualify themselves from it. It's grace. They get what they don't deserve. So God, I pray that your love will pour out all over this room. They will receive you as the Lord and Savior, as center, as king. And them standing means that they're willing, ready to stop the, 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 the trajectory towards darkness and pursue this marvelous light. Holy Spirit, would you do for them what they cannot do for themselves? Would you save them, deliver them, bring healing so that they might know the hope of glory? Hope that begins today, culminates in all eternity. I pray that they will never, ever be the same again, eternally transformed by the power of your blood. I pray that this moment won't be just a moment in the service, but they would find someone after service. They would be willing to come down and pray with our prayer team. They would be willing to go to their pastor if they're not from this church or go to a Christian loved one and help them work out what this means. God, I thank you for this moment. For this moment in time, this moment in their life, Christmas Day, when they stood and said, no longer will I perish, but I will have everlasting life. Because today, I believe in Christ dwelling in me, the hope of glory. In Jesus' name, amen.